All right, guys. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Regroup 2019. Excited to be here. My name's Noah, and I am our Webster Campus Setup and Teardown Coordinator right now. And I also have been leading community groups for six years. I led them, like, right out of high school, I started a group, and then it's kind of multiplied and got a lot of leaders and dissolved and multiplied, and there's a lot of moving parts, but it's been exciting and been fun. So I'm just going to pray, and then we can get started. So, Lord, I pray that, that we're the inspiration for a generation. I pray that we change the world when we need our time and that um, you give us eyes to see them and hearts to love them and the right people in our groups, the right conversations, um, that we get better as a group and as a church, that um, we love you more through uh, the development of new leaders and the empowerment of them. Um, I pray that we walk away out of this breakout with something, that we take it with us and that um, makes us better at leadership and that makes us better at life. Amen. Amen. Uh, I feel like I know most of you, but I'm Nancy Simmons. Um, I have a few different hats. One of them is uh, one of them is coaching groups. So um, I've been I'm in Northridge for about 15 years. We were just reminiscing how that's when I got saved and I was in <laughs> Jeff and Freddie Mapes community group for the first time. So Freddie's actually going to swap places with me and come to so you're probably in this room because you have either been leading for a long time by yourself and it's getting to be heavy and you're like, okay, if you guys have new ideas about how to get more leaders, I want to hear that. <laughs> uh, or you have uh, been in a group that has some prospective co-leaders and you've asked them and asked them and they keep saying no. Mm -hmm. uh, or you are in a group that maybe it's just a little awkward and you're like, there are no prospects up there. <laughs> um, and we feel that pain because my husband and I have been leading groups for 10 years and we have had every one of those situations. Like, we had a group that was our first group um, after I was with Jeff and Frey. That was like my favorite group. But my first group <laughs> with my husband together. Um, it was great. Like everybody connected and clicked. It was like one of those groups that you have probably once every 20 years because you don't have that real chemistry. Mm -hmm. And there was this couple in there that would have been fantastic co-leaders and they just kept refusing and refusing and refusing. And they had had some experiences at other churches and they just kind of wanted to take a back seat for a while. Mm -hmm. The good news is like five years later when they were in another group, they finally did step into leadership. So mm -hmm. sometimes we're planting seeds. <laughs> Um, then we were in a group that was, um, yeah, one of the awkward groups where like, people just weren't connecting. Um, they didn't show up very often. If I had thought about hosting at their house, like Jason mentioned, maybe I would have had more. But um, it was just like there was nobody that was going to step up and, and nobody that we even felt comfortable asking. So, um, so we come to you with experiencing probably the reason why you're in this group. Um, and we're going to share with you a few things that we've learned along the way, even in our, either in our own groups or we've heard other groups doing. And then we're going to spend a little bit of time doing a little bit of brainstorming with you guys to hear what other things you've heard of, you've tried, you've seen, um, or maybe spark a new idea um, that you have heard. So what we want to propose to you tonight is a seven-step, um, I don't know if it's a process, but seven steps to think about when it comes to identifying Leaders. And the first one is to pray all the time. And I think that that's one of the things that we um, we quickly bypass. We like to say, okay, yep, I'm going to pray about that. And then it's like, okay, well, now who should I call? And who should I ask? And how can I get them to facilitate? And so it's really important, and I think you're going to see a theme here, <laughs> that praying all the time is important. You'll know what I mean in a moment. Uh, the second thing we'll talk about is how do I identify liberally? Um, 
So we'll talk, spend a little bit of time on that. The third uh, step that we think is really important is trailer. <laughs> the fourth step that we'll talk about is inviting the masses. So Noah will talk a little bit about that. The fifth one. <laughs> Investing intentionally, we'll spend a little time talking about that, and then we would wrap the seven steps up with. Crazy. Yes. Yes. So um, we, although we are not going to spend a significant amount of talking about time talking about that, we really want to emphasize how important it is. We need God to move in people's hearts and minds to be willing to step into something they may not be comfortable doing, and we need Him to give us eyes to see what we might not be seeing as far as who may have potential. You got the point across. I got your message received. If not, I can say it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nancy hit on a great. I love that. <laughs> Praying all the time is like the biggest thing, right? As in group leaders. I think James 5 16 says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And it's just amazing to me when I don't start with prayer, where I get. <laughs> and where when I start with prayer, where I get. And um, if it doesn't start there, it's starting out of selfishness. It's starting out of leading out of a place for yourself. And I think it's just destructive. So as I thought through, hey, what have I seen every single great small group leader have? It's someone praying for them. Someone has their back. Someone's praying for them. Someone's saying, I want to support them in prayer. It might be someone close to them, someone far away from them. But I think every time I've seen a great co-leader, a great leader developed, someone's got their back in prayer. Um, and I'm really practical. right? I love coming to these things. And I hear, oh, I should play music beforehand. I should do my structure, my breakout certainly. I should use an Excel document. Yeah, I'm an accountant, right? Like, that sounds fun. But, like, I think when you step back and you look at where my group is going as a direction, am I letting God guide it? Am I praying um, for his direction? And prayer should be our first line of defense, not my last line of defense. Corey Tanboom says, is prayer your steering wheel or is it your spare tire? Is it what's guiding and directing and leading your group and you're making decisions through it? Or is it when I have a blowout, when my group, I'm, I'm devastated, I'm on my knees and my group is falling apart, you know, and my leaders are leaving and I have no hope, then I go to prayer. But if it's where we start, then I think your group flows so cleanly out of there. Um, the second thing is this group is God's and not mine. Um, when I think about, you know, praying to the Lord and just submitting all of my my pride and my arrogance and how much of a great leader, you know, I think that I am, you know, and just saying, Lord, this is yours. You care more about the people in this group than I do. And you want this group to go somewhere. And I don't know what that might even be, but pray that you bring the light leaders along. You bring the right people alongside me. The right conversations happen. God plus one is always a majority. Um, I've heard that. I was like, man, that's so good. God plus one. Um, we're in a fixed fight, right? The stone is rolled away. The tomb is empty. Jesus is one. And we're just leading out a place of victory and just asking him, hey, how can I lead better? How can I find the right person? Where are they? Um, prayer is about where my dependence is and where my reliance is. Am I relying on myself for new attenders, for new leaders? Am I investing because I want it selfishly to be a growing group and to be, see the numbers? Or is it because I want to see life changes for the Lord? Because each number is a person. And First uh, Thessalonians says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, even when your group is awful. For this is the <laughs> Lord's will for you in Christ Jesus. And we've all had those groups, right? I mean, Nancy hit on the tension. It's just like, oh, it's a group again, right? Like, oh, my word. And you don't know, you know, it's just, you don't, you don't know, you're going to lead it again, and you're tired, and it's hard. But it's not a formula, it's a relationship we're building, you know, with... Lord, you put me here. What do you want me to learn? Lord, you put me here with these people. Who's a leader? 
And then three, when I'm at my weakest, he's at his strongest. Um, when I have prayer to see eyes, to have eyes to see people, leaders in my group, when I get humble, um, John Piper says, prayer is the open admission that without Christ we can do nothing. And prayer is the turning away from ourselves to God in confidence that he will provide the help we need. Um, I think a lot of times in those hopeless situations, it's important just to fall back on God and say, look, I, I don't have the answers. You know, I had not led that many groups. I have only done life once, but I want to turn to you and turn that over. Because he gets more glory when the odds are slim, when it's David and Goliath, when it doesn't look like I can win. And he's not bringing glory to himself by saving people who are perfect or who always get it right or who will never wear out. He's getting glory by saving people who always wear out, who will never get it right, who aren't perfect, who are broken. And it's a messy, but he's the strongest when we're at our weakest. Um, I remember my first group, I was 18, and I, I had these six guys, and I was like, all right, guys, we're going to get grouped together. So we went to this basement, and there's this little rabbit in the corner, and it's just really awkward and weird, and I'm like talking to these guys, I'm like, hey, you know, small group, like, yeah, 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 pumping them up, and I drove away from there just like shouting praise and worship music, like at the top of my lungs, just like, Lord, this is so good, you know, six guys in the basement, and like 18-year-olds, and it was just, it, yeah, and a rabbit. I hate it counts, right? I counted him on Fellowship One. <laughs> no, but I just remember that feeling like, God, you used me. You didn't have to. I don't deserve to be used by you. I'm nothing. I'm a worm. I'm dirt. But you used me to lead. And like, I, I just wanted to share that feeling with other people and other leaders and invite them to have the same feeling of, you used me when you didn't have to. I just love that. So, I don't know. That was my thoughts on prayer. So next we're going to talk to you. I wish he was more enthusiastic about this. But <laughs> um, next we're going to talk about how do we identify liberally. And really, kind of back to our point, it does start with prayer. It starts with asking God to move in people, to say, you know, God, you show these people which of them, maybe all of them, should think about leadership. And then give me eyes to see it and help me to set an environment where I can see it, where we can cultivate it. And so it really does start with setting that environment that we are creating. Um, in Matthew 4, 19-20, um, Matthew says, and he said, Jesus, and he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And so it's a very familiar passage, but it kind of makes me think about, so what is it that made them immediately leave what they were comfortable with, what they knew? Talk about walking outside your comfort zone, Right? And I think a lot of reasons, but I think part of the reason was that they saw something they wanted to be a part of. They saw something that was exciting, that was a mission, that was worth leaving what they were doing to follow. So when we think about what we have to do with community group, how can we do something like that? Because our mission is just as exciting. Um, and the first thing that we want to talk about, which probably doesn't sound very spiritual, but the first thing is to lighten up. And what I mean by that is make it fun. Like, have it be, uh, you know, almost like a party when people are coming to group. It doesn't have to be, we're going to have a serious, serious conversation about the sermon. And, you know, lighten it up, make it fun when people are coming in, have it be welcoming. Um, whatever you need to do to make sure that you're not stressed when people come to your house like I am, do it, like, to make sure you're ready in time. Um, use that initial time, um, like the initial snack time and talk time, use that strategically. Like a lot of what we're talking about tonight is being a little bit more intentional, at least than I know I have been, and really be thinking about how can I make this time fun, 
How can I be, you know, maybe there is somebody that's on my radar. Well, how can I spend this time to talk with them a little bit? Because um, when you think about it, when people come in, when you go someplace and you feel welcomed, you feel wanted, you feel like this is a fun place to be, you're more comfortable. So you might be more willing to open up. You also might be more willing to, um, to do things that are uncomfortable, like lead a prayer time or facilitate a conversation or facilitate um, discussion. Um, because when people are comfortable, I think that helps us to create an environment that will reveal their next step. If you've been around here uh, for a while, and by the looks of it, all of you have, you know that we <laughs> encourage you to share all the roles. Jason talked about the spreadsheet, and uh, I don't know whether he talked about it in the... I had to leave a couple minutes early. I lost my book. There's a page in the back that has like a long list of all of the roles. Page 19, right? I think, is what he said. Page 18. So 19, 19. There's, there's plenty of... you know We know what the, the roles are that people could fulfill. And we always have encouraged you, hey, plug people into all of those slots. And there are some groups that will go to the degree of um, actually filling it in. Jason talked about filling it in. But there are some groups that will fill it in even for new people. And they'll fill them in with places that is beyond Brian's chicken said yes to those groups. Oh, we do that. It's a big it's a, You're it, with you're with Nate, right? We used to be, but now we're by Coley with somebody else. Yeah. But yes, but we've done that since Nate's been by Cole with Nate. That's a huge And I it, you like, don't get you don't get much pushback when you do it that way. And it's amazing. <laughs> so that might be something that you want to try. If you have we have not tried it yet because we haven't had the nerve to because we're like, oh we're comfortable, what if they leave our group? And so I said, I think we just go for it this year. But another thing you could do is think about how can I just increase somebody's responsibility. So, say you've got somebody who's a foodie, and you know you've, you've learned that. Let them plan the food schedule, or let them plan the food for your party. Like, and see what they do with the small thing that you give them, and what they're excited about, and then slowly increase that responsibility. Say, hey, I see you're really good with um, with planning. Would you mind planning our social event? Or, man, you have a lot of connections out in the community. Would you mind being the person to coordinate our service project? So kind of lean into what they're really uh, excited about. A new role that we recently heard about at a conference is the coffee guy or girl. <laughs> and this is the person, so this is not you. This is somebody else in your group, it might be the extrovert, who when you get a prospect for a new, a new group attendee, they are the one who's reaching out to that person. They're inviting them out for coffee, or at least talking to them on the phone, something so that there's been a contact with that person before they first come to the group, which isn't always possible, but that's kind of the goal, so that when they come, they already know somebody. Yeah. And they already know the person who's like the warm, fun person in your group. Mm -hmm. So that's another idea that we've heard about. So, like I said, watch what the people do with the small opportunities um, and invite them to do uh, something more. One thing we don't want to do um, is to complain about how, how hard it is to lead a group. Um, that's a private conversation with your coach, with your campus pastor, or maybe with your co-leaders. Because sometimes it is really hard to lead a group, and it is really discouraging, and we've got to talk to somebody about it. But don't, um, don't ever let that be shown in your group, because who's going to want to step into leading a group when they're seeing you like, oh my gosh, this is so hard, and... Um, so, I, and I think the other thing, yes, talk to your, your coach or your campus pastor, but the other thing, and Noah and I were talking about this a little bit before you guys came in, we got to remember what we get to be a part of. Like, we get to be a part of the most significant part of people's lives. When you think about 
we were looking out the window like the God who created that tree and those leaves and that sky and those clouds and the wind that is moving. I mean, it, it's mind-boggling. Mm -hmm. And he knows us. And he's given us these people so that they, we can help them draw closer to the God of the universe. And we have to remember that, yes, it's hard and yes, it's messy, but there is nothing more important that we could be doing on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, whatever night it is. Um, and, you know, sometimes we're going to need to remind each other of that. But that's really, when you think about the, um, you know, the fishermen who left their stuff, that's what they saw. Like, wow, you're about changing people's lives. And so I think that's what we have to, the vision we have to keep in front of ourselves and cast before our group. Um, so now you might have all done all of these things um, and say, okay, but I still don't see anybody, Nancy. I'm still having a hard time. I think we have to guard against the they are not ready thinking. And I think we have to ask God, God, show me what I'm not seeing. Like, who is in this group that has potential that I'm not seeing? And why, why am I feeling like they aren't ready? Is it because when they do facilitate, they're not doing it the way I do? And, and I feel like the way I do it is, is really good, and their style is different. Maybe I'm uncomfortable with that. Or when they uh, lead prayer time, they do it kind of awkwardly, and people don't end up wanting to actually pray because of the way they led it. And, you know, so I think we really have to guard against that and say, God, show me what I can do to help. Um, maybe if you see that happening, the next time that person is up, or even before they're up, say, hey, I know you're up for leading prayer this week and you've never done it before. If you want to talk about it, these are some things that I found helpful. Like give them a little bit of support and coaching before they actually have to do it, especially if it's something they haven't done before. Um, but I think we really have to be have to be humble and make sure that we're not seeing it because it's not something that we that we're getting in the way of that, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Because here's the thing, they are not going to look like you and do it your way, because they're not you. And you've been leading for a while, and they haven't. So they're going to fumble, they're going to be awkward, and, and that's okay. I think we just need to do, set them up the best that we can. Um, and Noah's actually the one that got me thinking about that. Like, hey, I'm gonna, when I put the schedule together, Brian, with a more aggressive <laughs> schedule, I'm going to reach out to the ladies as they have their turn and say, hey, you want to talk about it? You know, here's some things that I've done. I'm going to be praying for you. You're going to do a great job. And I think they'll feel a little bit more confident then in stepping into whatever it is that you're asking them to do. Totally. Yeah, I love that. Because, well, let me, and last point I wanted to make, sorry, mm -hmm. was, think about this. If any of us saw Peter, impetuous <laughs> fisherman, would any of us said, oh, there's the guy that's going to lead the Christian church? <laughs> yeah. No, we wouldn't have. So, there's, everybody's got mm -hmm. potential for something. <laughs> love that, yeah. I think... Invite the masses is the next step um, of the process. We've talked about praying and then identifying the right person. You're going to invite them to take a next step. And I think really the whole goal of this whole breakout is invite someone to take a next step, right? Whatever it is, identify what that is and then help them take that next step. But I think we need to kind of back up from the, I'm going to invite someone to do this. Because the yes or the no happens a long time before they are say, standing in front of you saying, no, I don't want to facilitate or no, I don't want to lead prayer group. Because um, I think it really happens when you start setting the tone for your group, when you start setting what your expectations are and kind of surrounding the group. So I think the first thing that like is important to me, if I'm leading and looking at, okay, Josh wants me to lead something, what do I see in that? Is first casting a vision for a culture of action. 
So getting people excited about the vision, about here's where we're going, here's where we're headed. Getting people excited to multiply, right? To change lives, to see new Christians, um, to be about the mission. Um, this is like a movement. This isn't an old boys club or a country club where people are supposed to feel comfortable and sit in their seat in their same spot. Because invitation, you know, change doesn't happen automatically. It takes an invitation. People don't like change. People hate it. And we're encouraging people to change and My lead babies things. babies like change. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> Only babies. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Oh boy. <laughs> One of those. Sorry, let me distract you. Oh man. So at the beginning of the semester, if you just pull it together and you say, we're going to have a family talk. Right? We're going to have a family talk. This is about taking the next hill, about planting a flag, about growing the church, about making more and better. This is not about you. It's not about me. It's not about how I can be comfortable in this group. Otherwise, I wouldn't have invited you. you know, like this is about the mission. right? This is about more and better. I am inviting you to be used by God. I'm inviting you to be a part of something bigger than yourself. I'm inviting you because God doesn't need us to lead groups. You know, he's, he's asking us to be a part of something he's doing. And it's that active groups attract leaders. And I think passive groups just scare them away. You know, if you're a passive group just sitting and chilling, you're, you come in as a leader and you're like, what is this? You know, this isn't where I want to be. This isn't what I want to be a part of. The second thing I think is starting small and just making it easy for them to take a next step and say, look, most leaders are trying to figure out what the right strategy is, how to fit them in. But really, if you're just obsessed with finding the right people, to find the right empowered right people to get them in the right spot, that's huge. Um, people get nervous when you attach like a title to it or when you hey, say, hey, you know, just run the game for me. Right? It's just a game. Like, just laugh at yourself and run the game. Or if you have a prayer group and you have six guys, and we usually split off after discussion to guys and girls prayer groups, split into three and three and ask one guy to be the prayer group leader it's not that complicated. It's just two buddies, you know, and they're just like goofing around. I'm like, hey, thanks so much for heading up that prayer group. That was a huge step, you know. I loved that and encouraging them in that. Empowering people through clarity and through trust and being clear on the what and the why. The what is, hey, this is what we're doing. We're applying the, life, the Bible to life. We're building relationships and we're providing care and accountability. And then the why is because the Great Commission, right? We're going to all the nations. And then just let them run with the how. If they want to do something a certain way, let them run with it. That, that's all them. Empower them to do that. Um, I think three is encourage any attempt to initiate. So we're inviting them to be a part of a group that's not ours, but that's our that, that's theirs. Right? That's not Noah's group. It's not Josh's group. It's not Nancy's group. It's our group. And if they feel like it's yours, it's hard for them to feel like they want to jump in and lead. Um, so encourage any attempt to initiate. If they want to lead by serving or by by doing a prayer time or doing something outside a group, support it, run with it, just even if it's not your thing, right? If they want to go play slip and slide dodgeball, maybe that's not your thing, right? But like, hey, no one wants to play slip and slide dodgeball. Let them run with it, right? Like, hey, it's whatever. You're going to get a little wet. You're going to be a little messy, but, you know, 45 people will show up. So it's a blast, you know? And so I don't know. But I think if it's your group and if it's your way only, then it's hard for people to feel like they want to initiate. You might have like the next Spurgeon sitting in your group and you're not really creating space for them to lead. I think that's hard because it's not the way that you would do it. I often shoot for just leading the first and the last week of a trimester, just create space for people to run with it. I had a group where this guy, and I remember, I still remember vividly this, this guy, he brings in uncooked pasta. And he's got, 
he's got a box of like the he's got a box of like the little circular ones, and he's sliding them over like the long noodle ones. And I had no, I still don't remember what it was for, but I was like, dude, you run with that, man! Like, I love that. That is so cool. I'm so proud of you. And he was like, just loving it, you know, just sliding these things around as a sermon illustration. I was like, I still don't even remember what it, what it like related to, but I was like, love that. Another girl brought in like, <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I was great. He loved, and then another girl brought in prayer cards, and she wrote out prayer verses for everyone in the group. That wasn't my idea. You think Noah's going to write prayer cards or a single? Pr- I, I didn't know idea when everyone was praying. I was like, all right, you know, well, it's awesome though. Like she ran with it. I love that. Like empower them to have that opportunity, um, and then invite them, invest in them, and let them shoot their shot. Let them take it. Right? <laughs> Don't try to take it for them. And then be persistent in inviting them and taking next steps. Just say, hey, I'm not giving up. Like I know you said no this time, but. I know you're on the edge and uh, I'm going to get you. Like, you're going to do it. Like, we're going to lead together. And I know you want to lead with me, but we'll get there someday. And I'm praying for you to take a next step, you know. Um, And so I feel like one tension that I've really felt in terms of small group is sometimes is I'm really good at getting people to say yes to things and to say, oh, yeah, I'll be a leader. So they're a leader on Fellowship One. But are they really leading the same intensity that I am? And I think um, that's a really big struggle that I've had, and I'm sure it's probably one that you've had too, but Nancy's going to talk a little about that with investing and trying to get people to pull through and be a real leader as opposed to just a leader. It's hard. Yeah, I was thinking about your story about people kind of stepping in and doing things. I had a, we had a woman in our group. She's brand new to groups. Um, her husband won't come, but she was with us for her first trimester, and then we had another woman in our group who had a marriage just blow up and lots of difficult things going on, and so we were on a group break, and the new woman organized all of the women to, um, to collect money to buy this woman a TV for this new place that she was going to have to go to with her kids, and I was like, oh, Wait, she didn't ask me first if she could do that. And, well, was she supposed to do that? And I was talking to Paul about it, and he's like, she doesn't need a TV, she needs this kind of thing. So we're like, this is not a great idea. But I said, you know what? I love that she has the heart for it. She wants to get her TV. Like, you know what? Let's just let her run with it. And she and I said her, you know. praying all the time. I was. I was praying all the time, and I got an answer different than I expected. <laughs> So I reached out to her though and I thanked her. I said, Thank you so much for organizing that. And she's like, I wasn't sure whether I should do that or if I was stepping on toes. So thank you for like thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. I'm like, wow, it was really important to her to even acknowledge that um, initiation, which kind of leads me to that investing intentionally. Um, Hopefully by now, maybe you're thinking about some people who might be getting on your radar that may not have been um, already. Um, and so we're talking about how to invest intentionally. So we're not obviously talking about the whole group. So it's not going to be your whole life is going to be consumed with 12, 15 people, but there's one or two people that, that you're going to be thinking about. Um, and again, this might be preparing them for the long term. They might not be ready now just because you start to talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are three words that I want to have you write down with this. Um, they're not going to show up on the screen because this was a late epiphany. <laughs> um, if I'm totally transparent. And the words are pray, encourage, and invite. Kind of like pie, but different. Okay. <laughs> Backwards. So the first one is praying for them, Charlie. Praying all the time. For them. <laughs> but text them. Tell them you're praying for them. Like, I don't know about you, but I pray for people in my group a lot. I don't tell them that I am. 
So pray for them and shoot them a text saying, yeah, I'm praying for you today. How does it feel when somebody sends me a text and say, I prayed for you today? I'm like, oh, wait, somebody else thought of me besides my own family? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so praying for them and letting them know and then asking them. Maybe it's shooting them a text saying, hey, you're on my mind today. How can I be praying for you? So connecting with them, or it could be a phone call, but the text tends to be the easiest. So pray for them and let them know you're praying for them. Um, encouraging them. When you, uh, just like I talked about with this woman, when you see them do something that is, that is really impactful to somebody else, say something. Encourage them. That was really great. I can see how Amy really appreciated what you did for her in that. Um, or it might be, you know, hey, you led group tonight. Well, you great. You know, led the, uh, the discussion for the first time. You did a great job with that. Or, hey, you hosted at your house, and you, or you had the party at your house. The same woman had the party at her house because her husband won't come to group, so she had a party at her house. And it was amazing. I don't think she would have done that without that encouragement. So encouraging them by thanking them and inviting them to do more and noticing what they do and letting them know that it made a difference, however small that it might be. And then um, lastly is invite them. So invite them out for coffee, over for dinner, Invite them to be an accountability partner, maybe with their growth goal. But the idea is you're getting to know these people and you're investing in their lives, not just as a, um, a task list, because I've got to create a new leader, new leader, but you're actually interested in what's happening in their life and what you can learn from them. So praying for them and letting them know, encouraging them when you see them do things that are, um, that are done well, and, or even if they're not done great, encourage the... Uh, um, activity that they're doing, and then invite them out. Yeah. So those are kind of the ideas that we have we have put together that we've heard about and wanted to share. Yeah, so we're going to do like a Q&A, just kind of break it out, brainstorm, get some ideas going, get it flowing. So if there's things that maybe we talked about that you thought about, that you were like, hey, this is a great idea, they should talk about this, or if there's something you have a question about that other leaders in the room can help answer, we just want to open it up and let it go for 10 minutes of just, hey, what do you think? Or what are your ideas? Who are people you're praying for that you think, oh, you know, this is something I can do better or something that has been hard for me or a struggle for my group? We have a question, I guess. Um, we have a couple in our group that has said no, which we think mm -hmm. we can get them to say yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but they are not members, and so that would have to be like uh -huh. the first thing that we would have to encourage them. I don't know if anybody has ideas on how to like First, we have to get them to say yes to membership, which I'm not exactly sure why that hasn't happened. I don't know if that's like an intentional, like we're not doing this, or are we just, just happening, like we're just comfortable. But, have they been baptized? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, definitely membership would be their next. Yeah, like when, you know, we have to guard against they aren't ready thinking, I'm thinking the biggest reason that there's a couple couples in our group, but it's mm -hmm. just that none of them are members, so I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Like the one couple has been kind of unofficially co-leading with us. Right. Unofficially because <laughs> they're not members. Because they're not members, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, because you talked first, I have a $5 gift card to Starbucks for you. Oh, my goodness. Yes. But... Or I guess just ways to encourage people to pursue membership. Have you brought it up to them? No. Okay. Mm. I haven't. Yeah, I mean, 
I haven't specifically brought it up in terms of leadership stuff. Well, no, no, that, don't even right. ask. Don't even ask about right, that. Right, step right, back, right. Go back a step and say, yeah. what's the first question would be is what's right. the hesitation for right. not being a member? That would be my first question. Because we actually we just we had we had people that are they came to their first uh, lead co uh, people leader thing today because one of the things that was holding them back, but not holding that they were going through the process of membership. So we yeah. couldn't we yeah. couldn't officially like ask them until they had gotten the until they got it back in April, so okay, boom. Right. Next yeah. one, they're on. But so yeah. you sort of have to and they had come from a different church that where her father was the pastor, so you know, they had a lot of other mental hurdles to sort of go through. But right. that's the first one. Say what's the uh, what's keeping you from being if they can first of all if they're attending group, that's amazing. Right. You're, getting, you're getting that. So there might be something they're just they're afraid of that they don't know. So something I mean for me that was the big I didn't know what it took. So until I knew what it took, I was like, Oh, okay, now it's not not so much. Have you invited them to this training? Uh, we haven't invited um, the the one couple that has been unofficially co leading with us, they did come to the training. Yeah. And they I think for them membership is just kind of a okay, we actually have to sit down and do this. Right. I think they're on board with it, but Mm -hmm. Now, this trimester, he is kind of going to be stepping back because he's going back to school. So we're thinking, okay, well, maybe this other couple. And they, like I said, I haven't like specifically mentioned it to him, but he's talked about it before yeah. and kind of like very brief, just kind of the whole like, well, you know, the Bible doesn't actually, and that whole thing. I'm like, okay, I'm going to this another time, you know. So. I was listening to Whiting, and he just did two sermons on membership at New Heights. They're really good. So if, if you want a reason for membership, I think both of those sermons were really, really applicable for, hey, we want to know who we're responsible for in the church, and we want to know who we're keeping accountable in terms of church discipline and a lot of things that, what makes you part of a church, and how are we supposed to know who I'm responsible to God for when I answer to him for those things. Um, but I, So those were two good sermons, but I don't know if he's really pushing back at all or if it's just like apathetic about the whole membership. Right. Yeah, totally. And I think, again, having a conversation with your coach, too, about, you know, what thoughts do you have about how to encourage people towards membership. But finding out why they're not might be the first. I believe you can make them apprentice leaders without making them full leaders. Yeah, that's what yeah. a couple has best Without, <laughs> right, without being, like, fellowship one full on. Right. But they can almost do everything that a leader would do. Right. You know? Right, yeah, and that's... We're like, hey, we're still going to delegate a whole lot of tests. <laughs> yeah, you're making a lot of cupcakes <laughs> to make up for your fellowship one status. <laughs> from from a student ministry standpoint, the language that we use that could be helpful or could not be is three main reasons to pursue membership: accountability, alignment, and commitment. Uh, those are just like quick and could be helpful to break down the barriers of like, what is it? Is this like a cold? It's like it might become vicious. accountability, alignment, and commitment. Oh, that's great. Yeah, a little bit. One tag that I've used actually to get people to membership is to suggest group leadership. Right. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. No, it works. It, you know, Forces, yeah. It's very encouraging. Yeah. People right. love to be encouraged about their, their leadership abilities. You know, if they feel like they have them, but they're not going to encourage, and somebody comes along and encouraging yeah. them, and, they, and they're all in for group already. Right. You know? So, okay, we'd love to have you be group leaders, you know? Here's what you gotta do. Right. Mm -hmm. oh, all right. Kind of even people that think, well, you know, like it's not in the Bible. You know, church membership, yeah. but it really is in the Bible. I mean, I, mean, I think it is. Right. So not by name. For those points that right. you just made. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and you can vote. I mean, there's some other benefits that you don't, you know, sure. that are nice. You know, if you want to say. <laughs> I saw your hand go over here. And that was right along lines about the membership. Really? All right, five dollar gift card for you two. Oh, <laughs> oh you knew that was going to happen. You can see how Noah attracts a lot of people to his group. <laughs> 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 is his idea the coffee guy idea? Was that his idea? No. No, oh, yeah. but the gift cards, he was going to invite us. He invites people and he tells me there's a gift card. has their name on it. I got you. <laughs> Any other thoughts, questions, concerns? All right, well, I have, I can, yeah, right, we're, we're standing between you and dessert, so that's probably not a good place to be, so <laughs> I feel like the matador right now, you know, my red cape, but there's just like one last, um, I just wanted to leave us with, we have a huge opportunity to change lives and to lead people and to be a difference maker in our community groups, and it's amazing to me that God wants to use us, but we're going to answer for the way that we lead these groups, we're going to answer for the way that we pray for, identify, invite, invest. And I'm going to stand before God and say, yeah, I invited him, I invested in her, I prayed for her. I didn't invite him, I didn't pray for her, I didn't invest in her. And I think um, it's important to just remember life is short. And community groups has been one of the biggest ways that I've seen life change happen. And people grow closer to the Lord. Um, and I want to hear, well done, good and faithful, small group leader. And if I, you know, that's not something that you do without praying and identifying and inviting and investing. And I think it's just amazing that we have a chance as a generation to change the face of our whole culture, of our Rochester, of so many lives and families' lives and reconciled marriages and, and so much heartache. And um, I just want us to get the most out of our time. So if there's one or two things, just grab one or two things. God didn't put you in this session to walk out with nothing. You know, we're responsible to take one or two things and just say, here's what I want to do better because of this session. Here's what I want to do better because God gave me the opportunity to lead. And not everyone has that chance. Um, and people are out there you know, lost and looking for a savior and looking hopeless. So I think one or two things I can do better. It's not a huge commitment, but just, Lord, I want to pray more for this person. I want to invest in this person. I want to get coffee with one person. So out of one thing, just out of this thing, just grab it. I think it's a good thing to walk away with me, myself, and Nancy too. I don't get it right, but I feel like just one thing to move me closer to sanctification, to the Lord, to his heart, to what he wants for my group. Um, and I just have to remember myself that life is short and I'm going to answer for it someday. So we have a chance to make an eternal difference in, in a temporary time. So that's all I got. I'm going to pray just really, really quick and then we can get to some ice cream. So <laughs> God, thanks for putting us in a room together and letting us lead together and um, being able to provide opportunities to new people to lead and to empower them to make a change and make a difference and to see families go closer to you because of the work you're doing in our hearts. And I pray that you use us, that we take things out of the session that change lives and move the ball forward. And that we're about a culture of action, that we're a church of a movement, that we don't get comfortable, but we're out sacrificially um, living in community that is dying to ourselves and taking the next hill. Um, pray for these group leaders that this semester is the best one they've had yet and that they change many, many lives. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks for it. It was a blast. Oh, Charlie, five bucks to Starbucks. Thank you, guys.
Yeah, thank you.